Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Cup thing first. Hello, possums. Uh, wonderful to be riding with you guys today. It's good to just spend some time with the possums. Welcome to the Passel. We are offensive points. And I am always here with Josh and Billy. Or I'm here most of the time. I try to be at least. I know I'm this one here and there. But Two weeks uh, in a row, Joe. It's a lot for hey. you, I know. <laughs> These guys held down the fort, and I uh, was here last week. But, uh, you know, possums, we are in it. We are in draft season. So we got some breakout players for you today that we're really excited about. We want to sound the alarm on them. And uh, we got some – Billy's got a whole war movie planned for us today, so we'll take part in a big old battle. And Josh is combing his beard with a mustache comb. So 100%. that's what he brings to the table. Um, I also want to just go back to the word always. I am always here. It was a little tough for me to get through. I haven't made it past that yet. So You're not I mean, Joe, you're, you're here enough. I miss the summertime. Josh misses it's some too here and there, you know. Yeah, he takes vacations to Iceland, but whatever, you know. Thing things happen. Haven't you both been to Iceland? I'm just now putting that yes. together. Should I go you now? Should like, totally you should go. It's go like honestly one of my favorite vacations I've ever. I didn't gone. think about it, but yeah, Joe went a couple years ago. Josh just went this year, and I feel like I, maybe I have to go now. We both the coolest place on earth for sure. I uh, I really wish I would have had a horse when I was in Iceland, but no one a gave me horse. a horse. So, yeah. Did you pee in the lagoon, Joe? I don't remember if I peed or not. I don't remember either, but I just I paid five dollars to get that weird sand shit all over my face. Yeah, that didn't. Oh. I didn't get that. That was part of that was part of the included thing, but I thought it was weird. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I probably peed the lagoon. That was a part of the package. Package. Fair enough. Fair enough, guys. I don't know if y'all know this or not. We have football this week. Like for the first time in I don't even know how many months we've been talking about this shit. We actually have football. The Hall of Fame game is tomorrow. If you're listening to this on Thursday, which you just might be, you're probably going to listen to it today, um, or the football games today. Probably not going to see any starters. I wouldn't bet. I don't think you're going to see anybody really of note. But there is some interesting backup battles that will be won or lost in that game. But for the most part, it's just good to have football back in our lives. I made a DraftKings lineup because I'm a degenerate, and it just felt great. Just something about it just felt great. I'm a degenerate. <clears throat> the Hall of, Ga- Hall of Fame game, DraftKings, is a nightmare. Everybody's priced the same amount because nobody knows who's going to actually play in the game. It's just – it's full. It's it's really just for the people that are wanting to gamble on something. Did you get Jason Brownlee in there? I did. I did. I had to. He's the he's the, the talk of Jets camp. Had to I got to see him on a field, man. I'm so excited. I'm, we'll be yeah, playing flag football in one week on that field. On that same field. Yep. That very we field. will sweat on that same field as those guys. That is legitimately going to happen. 
Um, all right, let's talk a little bit of news before we get on with what we're here to do today. Um, first thing, Cooper Cup, little hamstring issue, going to be out a couple weeks. Are you all concerned, or are you all just kind of brushing this aside as, as Josh would say, camp news? Brushing is, it right on his side. Yeah, there, there's so many camp news stories right now about injuries that are just like they're oh well this is they're gonna be done for the year or they're gonna be not the same when they get back. It's it's what five weeks until football season starts. Let's let's let, let's give them some time. And if in four weeks we still feel a little worried, then we'll feel worried. But like right now, the drafts don't even start for another three four weeks unless you're uh, weird like us. Yeah, yeah, ain't that the truth? Um, I think if anything, like it's just one of those. Is this going to linger throughout the season? Are they going to be taking it easy on them? They're not competing this season, I don't think. So, if anything, it's just like, what are they going to do to manage? It's not like he has time to just manage his way through this year. He's 30 years old, right, or 29. So, not really many years to just, you know, tread tires. So, I don't really know. I don't know. I don't know what to say about Cooper Cup this this season. He's going to get traded this this season before the trade deadline to the Detroit. Wouldn't that be wild? No, to where? Go to the Lions. Detroit Lions. Calling it now. The Lions have too many wide receivers. They do not. Uh, the thing is, every single star they're in that they're in what the Eagles were in a couple years ago, where they're like linked to anyone, like and everyone. Like uh, Miles Garrett was linked to them. Um, Cooper Cup. I've seen. I just. I think I just get a lot of Lions news because of my. We'll probably get, just get traded to the Titans and fuck everybody. So yeah, ain't that the truth? Cooper Cup would actually fit on the Eagles, right? Because. You have Devon on have one slot side, guy. AJ exactly. So Cooper Cup being in the slot I mean, would money. actually make a lot of sense. But well, that yeah, that's the biggest issue because that contract for Cooper Cup is quite uh, a mountain to climb. So I don't know. I guess it's just something that we'll continue to monitor throughout the preseason. But man, these injuries are just mounting. Um, yeah. All right. Fantasy speaking of medical community is having a ball right now on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I, I I've seen them. There there was used to be just a few people that talked about injuries, but now there's like an entire like crew of fantasy doctors that are just out there passing along injury information and prognosticating and stuff. It's it's yeah. getting pretty crazy to look at. Um, it really is. All right. I took an anatomy um, class in high school. I think I'm well qualified enough to. Start a Twitter account, Joe. You can be our fantasy doctor on here, okay? Dr. Joe, Joe um, I had a Dr. similar injury Joe. to this, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Joe's got a I am often injured as well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Joe's got a plethora of injuries, he's he's been there, done that, everything he's seen it under the sun, and you know, we'll see how it goes. All right, on to a new segment that I'm wanting to start because there seems to be a war going on between the owners. And the running backs, I have decided that we're taken to the front lines and we're going to use this imaging to bring us into that state of mind. Yep, and just like that, we're being helicoptered into the front lines of this war. So this week, the uh, running back that is going head-to-head with his owner is Mr. Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts. Ever heard of him? Um, I'll just, I'm just going to break down this timeline, and then we'll discuss it after that. So the first thing that happens is Taylor and Jim Ursay have a meeting right before training camp starts. Coming out of that meeting – 
Taylor immediately requests a trade, uh, pretty much straight off of the team bus, first day of practice. Uh, after that, Ursay says that he ain't paying shit and he's not trading him. I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what he said. He did say he when he and Jonathan Taylor die, nobody's going to remember him, which was a memorable quote, mind you, but still, we'll brush right over that one. All right, and then after that, the Colts say that they're thinking about moving Taylor to the NFI list for a back issue that happened apparently while he was training in Arizona. I'm going to go ahead and assume this was Jonathan Taylor's agent throwing this out there to potentially get, you know, an already seeded a – I'm injured. No, like No, no, no. Yeah, it was the opposite. It's the, eight, it's the company or the Colts saying that he got injured in a uh, different – place well, or no, but he so had, they can put him on the him. nfi no no they're the team wants to do it so they don't have to pay him because well, who, who would have mentioned a back injury um i assume that the they're making it up they I just they just looked at him and they were like you have a back injury i'm assuming they're making it up maybe he said his back was sore once he's like, oh it's from training I, you know i'm telling you the agent had a hand in why they picked back i think they picked back because he's gonna have a lingering back issue and they're like well i'm not gonna do that so I'm just going to throw you on the NFI list. You, All right, remember, after that, you realize that he tweeted right after that that he did not have a back issue. Well, it's almost like I have this all written down. So right uh, after that, Taylor goes to Twitter saying his back isn't hurt, and it's never been hurt. He never got hurt in Arizona. And the final piece of the puzzle is that Taylor was at, or at practice without pads on, and he looked like an old-ass man. I honestly, when I saw the video, thought that – it was a coach that was like 40 and, you know, already been through the, the ringer already. And it was Jonathan Taylor and he could barely walk around. So I don't even know what that means. If he's just acting like it's not hurt or it actually is hurt. It's Bro. tough to tell. He's All right. Josh, what, are you, what are your opinions on this? Real quick. Before, you do you know the in. timeline of that when Ursay pulled up in that ball and ass RV and Jonathan Taylor walked in there to talk to him? Do you know where on that timeline that was? I don't know. I think, it, I think it was at the beginning. I think that was the first one. Oh, I thought it was recent. I saw the picture of it. I really want that RV now, but I digress. Okay, so you really just you talk you interrupted to talk about an RV. Love that. Uh, <laughs> fucking Gardner Minshew over here. I watch cool a lot RV. of Justified, man. I'm all about RVs now. All right. Anyway, my thing is Jonathan Taylor took an edible before that day. You cannot convince me otherwise. I seen him wobbling about too, and it wasn't that he looked sore. He was just like unstable. Like he was. It just was like, weird. And that's not a back injury. A back injury you would have tightened up or jerked or something. Uh, once again, you know, I'm a, I'm a medical professional, and I've also had many back injuries, so I, I can speak from experience. No, I'm just kidding. But no, but in reality, like that that was not an injury. That he looked fucked up. Like I I, I know the stumble. I've I've done the stumble. You guys have seen me do the stumble many a times. Uh, it looked like stumble. he took an edible to drink some beers before work. Maybe a little Kahlua in his coffee, a little Irish coffee. I don't know what's going on, but. Uh, As that's someone who's I, had a I back did. injury and is a registered Twitter medical professional, um, you can get quite wobbly with a back injury, actually, because your core basically supports you. So when you start to go at one side, it hurts like hell. And then you twist to go the other side, and then that hurts like hell. And you kind of get stuck in this whole wibbling but- and wobbling around. It wasn't even wobbling as much as it was just like little tiny footsteps to the left and the right and behind. And it was just looked like yeah. it looked like he was drunk. If I'm being honest. Well, it didn't make me feel great about him, to be perfectly honest with you, because either a he is not hurt and he is just completely acting like, 
yeah, he's on an edible, which, by the way, random drug tests are coming for you, Jonathan Taylor. So maybe relax on doing that kind of stuff before work if that is what this is. Or he is hurt. Like, that's the other thing. Maybe he is actually hurt, has does have this back issue. And that is a huge cause for concern because they could put him on the NFI list, which, by the way, for those out there that don't know, the NFI list is basically a non-football-related injury and the Colts can choose to pay him whatever they want. They don't have to pay him anything. They can pay him partial part of his salary, or they can pay him the full salary. But it sounds like the way they're threatening this, they're wanting to not pay him anything to not play this season. Um, all this goes to say is, like, this running back offseason has been a GD nightmare. Like, seriously, we're drafting at on Friday. If y'all are listening to this on Friday, the draft will be happening already. I have no clue what to do with Jonathan Taylor right now. Like, are you guys comfortable taking him after seeing all this and noticing all this? Like, do you feel not that, you know, you'll probably still take him at some point. I'm not saying you will completely move him off your list, but at his current ADP, which is the second round, do you feel like this is 100% good for you? Uh, in, in our league, especially with the two keeper situation, uh, I would absolutely take him. It's basically a third round pick. So yeah, I would absolutely do that. But I'm not, I'm not terribly worried about it. If anything, I'm looking at, at his ADP and seeing if I can get him later. If people, if he slips down the board because people are scared of him, if I can get him in the third round of a, a redraft league right now, man, that could set up a scary good combo. Like you could go Jefferson. I don't know who was available Etienne, maybe Brees Hall and then Jonathan Taylor. I mean, that just, you could just set yourself up. Like he could be your running back one. You could go two wide receivers at that point. I, I mean, there's just so many options there. Like, I w- I'm just watching this. I'm I'm watching these injuries and these uh, running back situations that are happening, and just seeing how it unfolds with ADP and seeing what people are seeing. Because a lot of people read that go see injured or you know a lot of people probably don't even really care about the contract dispute. They probably heard the injury and it's like he'll play, but he's injured, so I'm not drafting him. Like, yeah. No, I agree. I think uh, one Jim Irsay needs a drug test because his actions look like he's <laughs> back on La Coca. Um, Jonathan Taylor, I'm buying this reckless speculation. Just so everybody's clear, that is reckless speculation. Not at all, bro. Either something happened between him and Jonathan Taylor months ago, and it's just coming to a head now, or he's back on the sauce. But uh, no, I'm buying the dip on Jonathan Taylor 100%. He is going to play, he's going to be out there. There's not going to be any holdout thing unless the team does something to bar him from playing. He doesn't, he's still on his rookie contract, he doesn't have the type of money to just say, Fuck you, I'm not playing. So he will be out there, and he has a great line. Uh, yeah, Anthony Richardson's probably going to take some touches away because we'll get to that later, but he will be starting. And, um, yeah, I mean, Jonathan Taylor's a great value right now. Well, for what it's worth, on Fantasy Pro's rankings, he's only dropped one spot. He's ceded his spot to Tony Pollard. He's now sixth running back in the uh, Fantasy ranking so the dip has not quite started just yet i would assume that's still second round the sixth running back going going off the board but i don't know man i don't know what to make of make of this right now this is just this is such a weird off season and everybody's gonna start drafting within the next like two weeks and i it's hard to give advice when we don't even know because this is unprecedented here's your advice um, you load up on wide receivers early there's so much depth at running back this year it's unreal. yeah no kidding just in case everybody's uh, everybody's wondering, Evan Hull, probably the backup. Zach Moss broke his arm, so he's going to be out. And then it's Deion Jackson or Evan Hull. I would lean Evan Hull, but at the same time, could be either one. 
Or here's another wrinkle thrown in. They could just go sign Dalvin Cook and just say to hell with Jonathan Taylor, which would just yeah. be the absolute most nightmare scenario that I could even fathom right now. Like, I, I, I don't even want to think about that, but, I mean, that's a possibility. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not doing the whole pick up the backup strategy right now because everyone's doing that. There's still way too many running backs out there. And I, I'm not saying that a team that's not going to pay Jonathan Taylor is going to go out and sign Zeke, but there's still people out there. And it's just, it's terrifying to me. You're like, I mean, obviously I get it. It's a shot in the dark, especially in dynasty leagues and whatnot. Go, go pick yourself up, Evan Hole. I'm not telling you not to do that. I'm just saying, I'm saying, because... yes, redraft now. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, no, I'm just even talking, yeah, definitely not redraft. I'm, I'm talking about even Dynasty, like, you're really, like, I, sh- I understand it's a shot in the dark, and I understand, but it's probably not going to happen. There's still way too many good running backs out there, and it's yeah. just like, don't think you got to steal. Just, it's a, you're you're just doing it because you have a roster slaughter because someone swapped to IR for the time being. Like, you're just filling right. it In redraft, we don't know who the handcuff's going to be, so it, it's just a waste of a spot. I mean, handcuffs mostly are a waste of a spot anyway, but this one, it would for sure be a waste of a spot because we don't even know who it's going to be yet. It's speculation, um, but Deion yeah. Jackson looked pretty good last year. So I would say he he's did. probably he's probably the early down guy. And then Evan Hall, I would say, is going to be your passing back, which I we'll, assume we'll Evan Hall is going to be involved in the passing game as well, even with JT on the field. But. I just there's no way they go into the season with Evan Hall and Deion Jackson as the RB one and two on the team. No, just but if they were to do it. Right. Um, yeah, and then we'll see what this uh, preseason shakes out for us. Okay, just one more brief thing. It's not even really a new story yet because it hasn't happened, but Alvin Kamara met with Commissioner Goodell today. There is a suspension coming, but that is where the story ends for now. We'll get back to you next week. We don't have any resolution to that just yet. So Alvin Mm. Kamara is going to be suspended, but we don't know for how many games. Yes, Josh. Uh, I did see speculation that it's either two, four, or six. Somebody speculated that and tweeted it, and I was like, thanks so much for the help. That was super helpful. Nice. Well, those, those are pretty much the options. I mean, it, you don't it's really literally someone listed the <laughs> options and tweeted them out yeah. there, and I was like, we'll cool. See. Yeah, or the, it's not the season, so that's good. I mean, I guess that's not one of one of the choices, but whatever. Um, it's just people trying right. to get the first tweet, the first looks. Yeah, like ain't that – yeah, no. just so they can – An underdog, tweet it. that like, dude's called going – an underdog, that dude is going eighth, ninth round. I love that value right there. I don't care what the suspension is. Give me Kamara. Yeah. yeah I no, can't I mean, still, still got the talent. So, And they're just loading up on old people, it feels like. So, I don't know. I guess we'll see. All right. This week, we are going to talk NFL breakouts for this season. So, this is going to be a mix of players that are going to finish high or a mix of players that we think are on the come up. Either way, it's somebody who is going to maybe outperform their expectations or somebody that you, you know, needs a spotlight put on them this season because they're not really one of the people that's mainly talked about. So our first category is the QB tight end category. It's really hard to have a breakout QB, so we mix the categories of QB and tight end. Um, Joe, how about you kick us off? Okay, so I actually do have a quarterback here, and that quarterback's name is Anthony Richardson. He plays for said Indianapolis Colts currently going as QB 18, 131 overall. Listen, I understand the camp news. I do my best not to get wrapped up in it, but it is not uncommon this time of year to hear so and so impressed in camp today, or this guy's in the best shape of his life. But the words describing Anthony Richardson that I am hearing are dazzling, stunning, show stealing. The beat writers in Indy can't even keep it in their pants over A Rich. Even Pat McAfee was speechless after seeing Anthony Richardson in person. He added seven pounds to his already massive frame, so he's basically the same size as Josh Allen, 6'4", 245. 
I don't know who watched the combine, but this dude can absolutely sling it. Even Josh Downs said if he flicks his wrist, the ball goes 60 yards down the field. But he only had one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. But Joe, he only had one year of starting experience and had low completion percentage. He's a running back. I hear your argument there, but please, for the name of God, damn anything, name one player who played on Florida outside Anthony Richardson last year. I'll wait. He had no help on that team. He looks awesome. He's going shit. <laughs> Probably. Can he go back to school? He needs to. Um, Gardner Minshew and his college dumpster mattress are not keeping this kid off the field. He took every snap in camp yesterday. The day after he had surgery on his nose to fix something. It was a septum thing. I don't know. But the day after he was absolutely out there dropping bombs to Pittman, Ali Cox, he looks really good. Starting off, he has a floor similar to Josh Allen Fields and Jalen Hurts before he even takes a snap. I'm not saying he's going to get there, but he could easily see top 10 finish and you could draft him as your backup. I love Anthony Richardson this year. Love the intensity, man. Um, Dude, AR5, baby. I can't say that I 100% agree with you and I could be wrong here. I'm not, this isn't anything. I think Gardner Minshew starts out. I understand he's getting first team reps and everything, but um, I am just happy for the Colts to have a, a quarterback, not even a quarterback, but two quarterbacks that are better than old ass Matt Ryan. Philip Rivers wasn't terrible, but it was pretty bad still. Like they have, they have youth on that team now and I'm excited to see what the Colts can be. I, I, I really like the Colts as a team. Like I, I would like to see them succeed. So. Yeah, I mean, this year they really don't have any major expectations. I mean, I think they can kind of just see where where it goes. I mean, the Titans kind of beefed up their team a little bit. Jacksonville kind of looks a little scary. So I, the Colts have a good chance here to just kind of see what they got. And with Shane Steichen coming in from the Eagles, you know, he's the one that trained Jalen Hurts and made Jalen Hurts, molded Jalen Hurts into what he is now. And so now you've got a bigger, stronger version of that in Anthony Richardson. And let's just see how he can mold, you know, the clay into potentially a QB one for this team. He's a little, he's way rawer than Jalen Hurts was. Jalen Hurts had five years of college to kind of get himself in uh, good shape. Anthony Richardson didn't have that much time, but I think with Shane Steichen, he can be, I I don't know, Joe, I think you're completely right on here. I think we're going to end up talking about Anthony Richardson as one of the steals of the draft because somebody's going to draft a quarterback that's going to get hurt. They're going to have Anthony Richardson. They're going to put him in, and he's going to win them a league. I think you're dead on here. I think this is a good pick. Thanks, Bill. I'm, I'm tell me about it. tell me about Gardner Minshew, Josh. I it's not even that. I, it's not even Gardner Minshew. I just I feel like we do this every year. We did this with Trey Lance. We do this with someone every year. Like, and Trey Lance got it, the treatment twice in a row, which is just great. Um, I just feel like Anthony Richardson is a bit. It's a <clears> bit early on it let's see what the throws look like in in a real game that's that's what i want to see i i mean rookie especially mobile quarterbacks relatively inaccurate not a whole lot of experience not his fault you know he's on a shitty team but let's see what it is first you know what i mean lamar, even lamar looked like shit the first year you know what i mean I uh, well, and it, josh allen too and this is what that he kind of comps to josh allen josh yeah. allen was not very good his first season so it's probably going to be something close to that but still the fact that he might get the floor the rushing floor that he might oh the numbers the numbers running alone is going to be like a lot like justin fields last year where there's like a huge week for no reason and then there's you know you're not really excited about starting him but he could win you some games for sure i'm not saying there's not any value here obviously and i love the adp you're getting him at i think it's 
it's basically free. I mean, Mahomes was also in this situation once where he was the 20th quarterback off the board and somebody got him as their backup and it worked out. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I just I think that ADP, man, it's... Oh, no, no. I love the ADP. I, on your bench is solid. I was just trying to bring bring it down. I didn't mean to play... No, uh, I'm really excited. He's he's such a unicorn of a person. He literally looks like a Greek god. But, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go out and... He's not my number one quarterback, you know? He's I like think, a guy... I, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not... I'm, not no, I'm, just... I'm talking to the possums out. I'm talking to the passel. Oh. Like, you're not taking A-Rich as your number one guy. Um, if you do, I mean, quarterback's pretty deep this year. So pair him up with someone steady like Kirk Cousins. You could do the double dip at quarterback or something. But having him as a secondary player, if he does bust out, you've got a league winner. Yeah, no kidding. And, I mean, he literally, yeah, scored a perfect score with Combine. Like, he, he definitely is probably going to live up to at least some part of our expectations. Maybe not the throwing part, but definitely the rushing part. I also have a bet in for him to win rookie of the or offensive rookie of the year. So I would love for him to have a crazy good season this year as well. Because it doesn't count if you have bet if you have bets on it. Fucking Pete Rose. Just kidding. Yeah. Tough nope, break. You can't give advice anymore, Bill. Yeah, I guess not. All right. I will go next. I'm going to talk about a tight end, and he is the tight end for the Detroit Lions. His name is Sam Laporta, who has already taken the number one spot from Brock Wright. I'm sure that was not hard to do. Brock Wright, not the greatest tight end in the world. Um, I'm going to preface all of what I'm saying right now with he is a rookie tight end, peeps. Even TJ Hawkinson, when he got into the league with the Lions, did not have a great – First season, it was like 300 yards. He was fourth on the list of pass catchers. That could very well happen this season. However, I think Jared Goff likes using big tight ends. And when they got rid of TJ Hawkinson last year, that was a blind spot for the Lions, in my opinion. I think they needed a guy like, you know, you know, they put Shane Zilstra and Brock Wright and tried to like bandage the position together. That's not going to work. It didn't work last season. So I think with Goff, he's going to go uh, make Sam Laporta matter. So he's the tight end one in Detroit officially. Fancy pros, he's going off the board as the tight end 25. He's going 212 overall. So we're talking about basically free at this point. So if you want to get him as your backup tight end, I think this is a hell of a dart throw. He's going behind players like Pierre Strong. And that just seems crazy to me. This is literally the starting tight end for the Lions who are known to make good uh, tight ends. So the only hiccup is that he is potentially a rookie tight end. He's going to fall into the rookie tight end curse. But I just think, you know, he's going to be behind Amon Ra. He's going to be behind um, the guy that just drafted that I can't think of his name right now off the top of my head. Jameer Gibbs. They're going to be behind – Jamison Williams when he comes back. But I think, could he slot into that fourth spot? Sure. I think he's going to finish better than tight end 25. I knew Matt. I, like I am excited about Laporta. Um, got him for much cheaper, and they got to, you know, build their team with getting rid of Hawk. I mean, they had to do something. So I'd be Didn't Shane Zalstra have three touchdowns on three catches last year or something? He did. He yeah, did. He the had the tight one. end's very involved Damn. in that offense. So, um, well, yeah. and then what's crazy is Shane, Shane Zilstra this offseason took a low blow from um, one, I think, one of the defenders, and they cut him, cut him from the team because wow. he was injured. So they waived him. 
Um, so he's not even there anymore. And so it's literally just Brock Wright, Sam Laporta, and somebody else who's probably not going to make the team. But whatever. Like, I, I think the there's just going to have five tight ends. It does feel like that. They're kind of like the Cowboys. But I feel like there's just going to be a chance for him to make him uh, something matter this season. More than 212 going behind Pierre Strong. No hate to Pierre Strong. It's not going to be more important this season than Sam Laporta, in my opinion. He's a Hawkeye tight end, man. You know he's going to be good. He is. I mean, he comes from the Hawkeye tight end you. So I think he could come up with something. And we here, at least I here at Offensive Points, love Pierre Strong. So keep his name out of your mouth, though. He's 211. We'll talk about Pierre Strong in a bit when we get to breakout running backs, Joe. Uh, I know you got him written down. So uh, I also chose tight end, and he's not a rookie tight end. I'm actually getting more and more hyped about uh, Trey McBride this year. So, the most highly touted tight end last year before the NFL draft. And there was still post-draft hype that he was going to take over Ertz's role. Uh, And everyone at this point has pre and post-draft hype of Dalton Kincaid, which makes no sense. I'm actually thinking that those numbers are going to look similar to McBride's rookie year, but that's beside the point. Uh, McBride obviously overshadowed by Zach Ertz, who was a top five tight end for his entire year during his rookie year. Did have some numbers at the back end, which actually looked pretty uh, pretty great. Low sample size with no quarterback, understandably so. But one year later, no more Zach Ertz for the foreseeable future, at least. And honestly, the Cardinals don't really have a shot at competing, but that doesn't really mean that Trey McBride can't have a good year. The Bears didn't have a chance last year, no offense, Joe. Uh, and Cole Komet finishes a top seven tight end. And I bet you didn't even know that because it doesn't feel like it was actually real. Um, but I just feel like this is the diamond in the rough for this team. Uh, and without Hopkins there and whoever is at quarterback is going to be targeting McBride pretty quickly and often. Uh, and his current ADP is tight end 24. So you don't even have to pay anything for a potential breakout tight end, which the tight end position we all know is pretty dead. I'm not saying Trey McBride's going to go out and be tight end one. I'm just saying that I think he's going to be a lot more valuable. I think everyone's writing off the Cardinals, which they probably should. Uh, but they're also writing off a lot of valuable stars on a team like this, like the Houston Texans haven't been good and like, eight years or however long it is seems like eight years at this point but yet we still draft uh brandon brandon cooks when he was there we still you know go out and get we got damien pierce last year like and nobody thought about damien pierce because it was the houston texans like why can't there be a good a good player on a bad team that's what i'm trying to say yes keep See it, it keep your eyes open. i did know i did know cole Komet was tight end seven because i have him on way too many teams but he just got also a bears fan. i am a bears fan but back to trey mcbride i mean Arizona, their average height on their wide receivers is probably under six foot. They have Michael Wilson there, who's like their only guy of size on that team. Trey McBride's going to be used, at least in the end zone, a lot because this team is going to have to score points. They always do. Like you brought up with Houston, they always score points. Why not Trey McBride? He looked okay the last couple games last year. He didn't seize the opportunity like we wanted him to, but he's awesome. And he's the big target. I do like Michael Wilson, too, so keep an eye on him. Yeah, honestly, yeah I like I- I like some steals on the Cardinals just all around. Yeah. And I mean, if it's going to be Colt McCoy is the starter for the Cardinals for the first, you know, however long, I feel like he's going to want to use the tight end. Um, and I feel like, you know, don't believe Ertz is going to be there the whole season. So I think Trey McBride can seize this opportunity. And I think they want to kind of see what they got with Trey McBride. They didn't really show much last year because they were trying to be a contender now in a rebuilding effort, the best way that you can get him involved is to just throw him the ball, see what happens. Like it's, it's a perfect time to try that out this season because there's not a lot, you're not playing for anything. 
also their two starting uh, wide receivers other than Michael Thomas, which or not Michael Thomas, uh, Michael Wilson uh, are five, nine and five, seven and Trey McBride six, four. So like someone's going to go out and get some jump balls in the end zone or just, you know, for the first down or just want to throw to the tall guy on the team. Like, yeah, height wins. When he, and he wasn't a scrub in college. I mean, he played at Colorado State, but I mean, even then he still had, I think, 1400 yards receiving, which for a tight end, I mean, it's bonkers. Like you never see a tight end in college, especially getting over a thousand yards. And he had way more than anybody else. Like they just, it doesn't happen. So he's got the I receiving that, prowess. I just love that everyone forgot about him. Like people don't even think yeah. about him anymore. They were all hyped about him last year coming out of with 1100 yards out of rookie or out of a senior year in college. And then when we get to his rookie year. Oh, he sucked. He's, he's a bust. People, I just haven't heard McBride's name in any circles, which is hilarious. And seeing him Post at tight end 24 man. is just wild. Yep. You're right, Joe. Post type sleeper. Yep. Yes. I think people are just really having a hard time with the quarterback situation. And honestly, I struggle with that too, but they are going to score points. So, yeah, not kidding yep. about that. <laughs> For sure. For sure. All right. Um, we're going to play a quick ad and then we'll be back and talk about some running backs. If you ever wanted to get into the ultimate IDP index, all right? It's our flagship product. It's got dynasty rankings. It's got tiered rankings for IDP players. It's got production profiles, all sorts of really cool stuff like that. Good for research and good for drafting. We have an awesome opportunity and a major, major, major announcement. Okay. Very, very proud to officially announce here on the channel and on the uh, podcast feed that we are officially partnered with Sleeper, the Sleeper app. That's right. For the 2023 fantasy football season. Use the promo code POSSUM on your first time deposit. They will deposit match you up to $100. And listen, here's the kicker. If you do that, I will get an email sent to me that said that you use our code or our link, which is in the description. I will give you the ultimate IDP index for the rest of the season, the 2023 season, totally for free. All you got to do is go sign up, use the code possum or the link in the description of the podcast or the video i'm going to give you the ultimate idp index for the rest of the year for free catch those springtime vibes all over arizona break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks take a hike among the wildflowers just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Promo code possum. Use it. Promo code possum. Yes. I was trying to start the wave in the background, man. You You weren't looking. Fantastic. All right. Well, go go to Sleeper Picks on your Sleeper app. We already know you're there. Go to Sleeper Picks. Use the code POSSUM when you're making your first deposit on the app. We will be running some content that is related to Sleeper Picks. 
uh, coming up as the season. As soon as they start filling in some of those uh, numbers for us, we can start showing you all how to use the product because, I mean, it's pretty fun to do. You're just guessing, are they going to have over or under, you know, 300 yards passing in a game? That's basically all you're doing. It's pretty easy, and you can end up winning money off of that. It's not a guess when you win every time, though. Well, that's not a joke, and we're going to try to pick out some winners to make people have every ticket be a winner. Um, Best performance is not indicative of future results. Yeah, no kidding. Anyway, on to running backs. Joe, kick us off. Let me kick you off. So I'm going to talk about Alexander Madison because I feel my man's being disrespected here. He had the fourth most guaranteed money out of any free agent running back signing, which I know is not a lot because running backs, boo-hoo. But he really does have a good chance to finish as an RB1 in fantasy. In six career games where he has taken over 50% of the snaps, he averaged 23.3 touches for 118 yards and 0.7 touchdowns. That is good for 22.15 PPR points. Um, He's going at his RB23 right now. That's ridiculous. 69 overall. So you can catch him in the sixth, fifth. It's a hell of a running back to add to your team. And he also happens to play on a top 10 scoring offense and has a ridiculous schedule this year. I mean, it's the Bears, the Packers, and the Lions who were pretty atrocious against the run last year. Gets those guys Four times? Yeah. Um, sorry, six times. Uh, we will see Ty Chandler. We will see Nwangu. We will see McBride this year. But this is Madison's backfield. He did have a lower leg injury that got him in camp a little bit, but all reports are he is perfectly fine. So draft Alexander Madison. Thank me later. I think I think my biggest thing about Madison, he's getting hated on in camp. It's actually good for a good thing for fantasy football uh, because you're going to be able to get Madison a little later than you would have. I, I think he probably might slip around if this news kind of continues. But uh, there's 250 rushes vacated on this offense. I don't even care how efficient Madison is with that. He's going to end up with 250 rushes. He's going to end up with at least 900 to 1,000 yards and probably eight touchdowns. Like, why would you not want him on your team in the fifth or sixth round? Like, I don't know. This just seems it's like one guy this offseason came out and said that Alexander Madison wasn't good. Don't draft him. And everyone just kind of went along with it. I don't understand it at all. It's because if you look at his stats, you see 400 yards each season. It's like, ah, that's not very good. It's like, yeah, Dalvin Cook was there all of those years and he missed like four games tops. I keep hearing, oh, man, he got, you know, he would have gotten more playing time. He was behind Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is incredible. What are these people talking about? Also, this is the same person that every single person wanted on their team. The one uh, handcuff that was drafted in almost every single format of fantasy football, but yet all of a sudden he has a starting job. We're like, "Mm, never mind. I don't want him anymore. It's such a beautiful point that I haven't even thought of. How many analysts did you guys hear last year talk? You got to have Madison. He's standalone value. He's the most valuable handcuff. God, that's such a good argument. I'm upset I didn't come up. You're with welcome. That. It was just sitting there, man. I had it's yeah. the pickings. No, it's no kidding. And I mean, this offense is still going to be humming right along. Like, still is going to be the guy on the goal line getting, you know, getting the touchdowns. I I don't see why people are not buying in on the Madison hype. Um, I think people are just – there's been some performances that have left a bad taste in people's mouth. Maybe that's what it is. I I can't fathom why a running back that's getting positioned as the starter on a team is being disrespected as like, well, 
he's not that good, right? And that, that's not that's not normally how we treat that. So yeah, no, you're a good point. Go draft you some Madison. Mm-hmm. All right, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pop right on in here because it's been a long time since I've talked about the Eagles. Uh, so let's talk about Mr. DeAndre Swift. Wow, that's interesting. Um, I'm working on it, guys. Some technical difficulties. There we are. Um, all right. So I, I don't know. Oh, shit. Oh, that's my other tab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, is, is it an incognito mode at least? Okay. Anyway. Uh, so anyway, so I, I'm just starting to get more and more excited about seeing number zero on Sundays. Uh, I, the prospect of having the Eagles first true pass catching running back since Darren Sproles is just kind of, it's just kind of mesmerizing. It's, I, I didn't realize that what I'm missing here. Um, and honestly, he's already been dominating storylines in camp and he's been lining up everywhere on every position, uh, catching balls out of the backfield, catching balls, lining up his wide receiver, tight end, everything. Uh, honestly, the Eagles just seem destined to use him in, uh, heavily in the passing game, mainly because they didn't fucking hate the run game as it is. Uh, so really the most important thing about Swift is not his production in the past, but what he did to the Eagles on week one. Uh, Swift played in Eagles week, week one last year and gashed them for over 170 yards on 18 touches. 15 of those were runs. Uh, there's a reason why the Eagles called once Gibbs was drafted. I mean, just looking at what Swift brought to Detroit, even in his 13, 14 games, uh, he had 156 catches in his three-year career, and he hasn't played a full season yet. I understand injuries, blah, blah, blah. When you play 13 games, though, people aren't usually that upset about it. So um, he was also basically splitting the backfield last year as well. And he still ended up as a top 20 running back, which didn't even seem right. Obviously there were some big weeks in there, but uh, I don't know. There's a hundred targets to eat the running back in the Eagles uh, past like three years average. And Quez Watkins, it's been mostly a bust to the start his career as much as I love him. Pascal was used essentially out of the backfield last year because Gainwell and Sanders weren't it, or they just didn't throw to Sanders. I'm just seeing most of these going to Swift at this point. And I, I'm looking at like a wide receiver type season for Swift. I don't know what he's going to do on the ground. Cause if Penny stays healthy the full year, you're probably going to have 10 to 15 carries to him and probably five to Swift. And then like eight catches out of the backfield. I just, I I'm excited about this because not only is there a chance that he has a starting job by himself, but even as the second, the, the points that he's going to be able to put up with Jalen hurts out of the backfield and, dump offs and design plays for DeAndre Swift's ability. Uh, his current ADP is just at an all time low. Uh, he's going as running back or running back like 25, 35 in the 60 sixth round. I just go get him. I don't even need to tell you anymore. I, I could talk about Swift a little bit longer, but I, I'm, I'm just gonna leave it there. Just go get him. Well, I mean, he, here's the thing is, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier. They don't have a slot guy. Really? They don't have a slot wide receiver. Welcome DeAndre Swift. Now you have a running back and a slot receiver built into one player. You can use them at both positions, and boy, would they love to have a weapon like that on the field at all times. DeAndre Swift makes perfect sense to have a complete breakout this year, and he won't need to be used as much as he was for the Lions, so he can actually stay healthy this year because you don't need him to you you know to run as much as he did, or to you know they just need him to get some pass catching touches, a few rushes. Perfect. He literally missed. I, I, a lot of people are going to say, well, he's injury prone. He missed three games each year. If you count that as injury prone, then I, I don't know what to tell you. People get injured. It's a dangerous game. And the, the man has played the majority of his career 
Albeit not it was, up to it what was he weird thought last he was. year. It was weird last year because he got injured and then he came back and then they were like he went from getting 18 touches to getting six touches a game, and it was very strange. Uh, a lot of people thought it was injury. I don't know if any news ever came out about that. I think the Lions just kind of gave up on him. Uh, personally, Jamal Williams was doing fine. Um, I'm a huge DeAndre Swift fan, and I absolutely love it, uh, especially with Rashad Penny's injury history. I mean, you think it's crowded now. Come week one, it could not be crowded at all on that. So the only thing with Swift that's weird is the – ADP. I mean, you said he's, you know, he's going to like 79 right now on average. I've seen him go in the fifth round. I've seen him go super early and I've seen him go super late. So he's one of those guys that I would definitely be targeting more towards the later side. Um, but people really like the name. They love the name and they grab him early. So time will tell Swift, if that's a good gamble. Swift is going to be one of those players that like everybody had drafted kind of a little bit later than they probably thought they were going to get him, but they got him. And he's gonna like pop off the first two weeks of the season, and everybody's gonna be like, "Well, duh! Like, of course that happened. Like, nobody's I, why did shocked. we over? Why did we overthink that? Like, I, you know, it's yeah, exactly. Nobody's gonna be shocked. They're just gonna be mad that they didn't grab him because they were like, "Well, kind of want to see how this goes. I don't want to be the guy to take him." And then they're gonna be mad that they weren't the guy that took him. Yeah, I mean, if you, honestly, it would be sketchy. But if you were to go wide receiver super early. And follow it up with Madison Swift, you know, maybe an Antonio Gibson in there too. I'd say that's a pretty solid core right there for running backs. I'm, switch I mean, them just out. think about yeah, DeAndre Swift at this point in the fifth, sixth round. You're like, you're getting a, a potential running back one, but even if he isn't, he's still a running back two. He literally just finished as a running back two the last three years. I mean, he's he's a running back two at the very least, and he's being drafted as a running back three is what it comes down to. Even at what he did last year, if he did the exact same thing as last year, which we're hoping obviously is better. Still a running back too. Like, it's true. Go, just get him. Get Swifty. I'm not Makes saying sense. reach for him because you're right, Joe. There's going to be people drafting him for for him in like the third round. It's going to be pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of underdog lately, man, and he just goes everywhere. You know, I've seen him in the ninth round. I've seen him in the fourth round. I'm like, what the hell is this guy's ADP? We we don't yeah, know. That's why it's so average. Yeah. Can't wait to see where he goes in our draft on Friday because. I mean, either Josh is going to take him way too high, or somebody's going to get a hell of a steal. So nobody's going to get a steal. Don't worry, I won't make it. He won't make it that far. <laughs> Fair enough. Stop the All right, steal. my, <laughs> my uh, running back contribution uh, to this is Ramondre Stevenson. So I know that you all, I'm, I've kind of planted my flag, and he is going to be a good uh, running back this season. Um, let me just explain why. So, A, we can all admit the Patriots were kind of shitty last year. What's my phone doing? Wow, okay. My bad. Remind, that was so, uh, yeah, technical difficulties. Had a tab pop up. It uh, was making this sound. It was definitely. Had to mute that real quick. My bad. Um, all right. So we can all admit that the Patriots had a bad offense last season. You two would openly admit that it was a bad offense last season, right? I think they will continue to have a bad offense this season, but yes. Fair enough, but we can all admit that it was bad last season. Ramondre Stevenson had 270 touches last season, 88 targets through the air. I only can see that that maybe even goes up or higher this season. He does not have a strong backup behind him. Now, I know that there is plenty of people out there saying, well, they could bring in Dalvin Cook. Doesn't look that way. They could. Br- yes, Joe. He does have a strong backup behind him, but 
Okay, let him let him finish, man. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Kanye coming in here. I mean, it's literally the guy's last name. Adding, yeah, he has a strong he has a strong junior behind him though. It's not a strong senior. Um, (laughs) Sorry, bro. No, you're good. Anyway. He might have Leonard Fournette come in. They might bring Ezekiel Elliott in. I'm not worried about either of those guys taking significant touches. I do think they'll bring in a backup that will be there in case he is he gets injured. But I think if he remains completely healthy for the entire season, we're looking at a potentially 300-touch player here throughout the season. He only had six touchdowns combined last season. I think that number goes up. And I think that where he's going right now, which is running back 10, number 25 overall, I think he's going to bring back that kind of value. And I think he's going to be one of those running backs that you grab in potentially the third round um, if this ADP holds. And you're going to be very happy that you went wide receiver, wide receiver, Ramondre Stevenson. Like you're going to be over the moon that you were able to get Justin Jefferson in the first. Uh, I don't know whoever you're going to get for your second you know, wide receiver at the end of the second. And then you snake around to the third, you grab Ramondre Stevenson right off the bat you are going to be very happy that you made that decision. And I just think this year is going to be a breakout. Next year, he might not be on the team because that's how Bill Belichick rolls. This season, he's got Bill Belichick's you know, vote of confidence, and he's got my vote of confidence as well. You want to know why the Patriots didn't have a running back one? Because they had Tom Brady. They already had a one. They didn't need a one. This year, they don't have Tom Brady. They have Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. And it's not it. And they don't even have wide receivers, if we're being completely honest here. This team is not great. But Ramondre Stevenson is a diamond in the rough. Uh, Ten double-digit points in a row, scoring points in a row from weeks three to 13. Or I guess it was nine. Technically, there's a bye week in there. Oh, that's ten still, because I'm, I'm bad at math. But six of those were 20-point performances. Like, there's nothing better than consistency in fantasy football. And Ramondre Stevenson is consistency. And I'm sorry, Joe. Yes, there's a strong person behind him. But... It's Stevenson's backfield to start to start with right now. I mean, it, it. I would. I like them as handcuffs, sure. But honestly, I don't think anyone's like Stevenson on this team. I don't even think there's a a, a compliment would be great. You know, pass catching guy. Even though he only dropped like twelve balls last year, and I don't even know that's probably overthrows by Zappy and Mac Jones. So yeah, no, I'm super hyped about Stevenson, and his his value is just amazing. Yeah, I just couldn't resist a good dad joke there. Um, so no, you nailed, you nailed it. You nailed it. Threw me I off. am a big I'm... fan of Pierre Strong, but I don't think he's going to get into Ramondre Stevenson's workload. It's his backfield, and you're right. I do think they they should bring someone in if they're smart. I imagine they do, especially with the plethora of running backs, but who knows? But he's guaranteed probably, what, 250, 240 touches? I would say so. Even if they bring someone in. He was at 280 last year, so if you assume that they at least similar um, with worse running backs – I think the best thing that could happen is if they brought in like Zeke Elliott because his ADP would just dive straight mm-hmm. down. Yeah. And you're going to, you know, you're going to end up with a really good player in potentially the fourth or fifth round of a running back that is wide, you know, running back one upside. Like, I, I, I don't know. I can't believe he's going as high as he is right now. I really thought he was going to be my diamond in the rough player for the whole year, but he's, you know, I, everybody else is kind of, you know, on the same boat as me right now, which is okay because I like that. But I'm just hoping that, you know, we can maybe get a discount. We're not going to get one before our draft on Friday, but maybe before some of my other drafts and other leagues, we can get a discount on him by adding a running back into the fold. Absolutely. Yeah, Stevenson wasn't really a guy on my radar, but you absolutely sold him to me this year, and I'm all aboard the train. 
Yeah. Take. After the Tony Pollard take two years ago, man, I, I'm I'm listening to you whenever you got this. <laughs> I'm listening to your running no, back. I, Nothing else. Nothing the, else. These weird uh, inklings, I guess. Scoured over the facts. Um. Anyway, Joe, you want to talk about wide receivers? Yeah. Yeah, I love wide receivers. They're my favorite. All right, so I'm going to go with Traylon Burks is my breakout. Um, wide receiver 38, 77 overall. Um, we all know Traylon Burks was out of shape coming into camp last year. He had asthma issues. He spent the whole offseason ensuring that he was in great shape, and now he looks absolutely uncoverable in camp. Tennessee is bottom third in pass attempts. I get that. Yes, they signed DeAndre Hopkins. I get that. But being a target sponge has never been Traylon Burks' game. He's the guy that goes four for 125 and two touchdowns. If you want to make the low passing offense argument, I hear you there. Um, in 2020, Tannehill was insanely efficient and had A.J. Brown finish at wide receiver 11 and Corey Davis at wide receiver 30. I think Burks is much higher upside than Corey Davis. And with Hopkins taking attention off of Burks, it's the recipe for a top 25 finish. So he's going in the sixth round. I'll take a shot on that all day. We'll probably even see his ADP fall more. You're absolutely right, dude. Honestly, I, I love Traylon Burks because last year, I mean, I, this, this is admit it. The passing was bad. The, the re- receiving was worse though. There was, there wasn't a receiver other than Traylon Burks. I think Hopkins is only going to uh, help him and boost his, they thought Robert Woods was going to be that guy. Uh, I don't even Nick Westbrook. Akine had his, his time to shine Austin Hooper. I think everybody, everybody, they were trying to give everybody someone that was going to be the other person, but it, it was just Traylon Burks out there catching balls and Derek Henry. And the quarterback play was bad, obviously, but the wide receiver room looked even more worse after the AJ Brown trade. So adding Hopkins makes a whole lot of sense. Also, Hopkins is going to get a lot of attention, and Traylon Burks is going to be going against all quarterback twos. So I bring it on, dude. Let's yeah. see what what they did with the the AJ Brown trade. Let's see if he is the next AJ Brown. I think it's yeah. like the perfect addition because you know if they would have had another decent wide receiver on this team and then signed Hopkins then you'd be looking at a kind of a cluster of trying to figure out what's what. But now Hopkins just bounces him to two, and then there's no one behind him. Nobody. Maybe just Chig. That's about it. Yeah. But yeah. honestly, like, his, I, I like Chig this year too. I think Tannehill is going to be very happy to have Hopkins on there, and I think that's only going to, yeah, like Josh said, open things up for Traylon Burks. I think a lot of people, again – this is the hilarious thing about fantasy football. And I think, you know, especially dynasty brains out here, you just, you see a player not succeeding year one and you just immediately are like, that player sucks. They're never going to succeed. That yeah. doesn't always work out that way. Like I think a lot of people forget like Devonte Adams used to be butterfingers and we thought he was never going to make it in the league. And now he's one of the best wide receivers going. Like when he was the second banana to uh, Jordy Nelson, Everybody was like, who's that scrub Devontae Adams? And now, I mean, he's like a Hall of Famer almost, if, yeah. if not already there. He didn't even and break it, out it, to like the end of year three. Like that was – Yeah, well, and then if we're going to go even further back for people who really don't remember, Julio Jones was not necessarily the wide receiver one for Atlanta. It was Roddy White for the longest time. And we were wondering, okay, Julio Jones is giant. How is he not the best wide receiver on this team? Why is it still Roddy White? doesn't make any sense. And then Julio Jones became one of the best wide receivers in the league. So it's hard for me to fathom breaking, you know, just like, nope, Traylon Burks is a garbage wide receiver. He's never going to break out. He's got all the tools. Like, just give him a minute. Just give him a minute. 
it's gotta be because people play dynasty, right? Cause like, I Has swear, I, I didn't even be. think, I didn't even think about this until you mentioned this last week when you were like, I want to do Traylon Burks. I was like, yeah, that's a fucking amazing breakout candidate. But everyone saw the Hopkins signing and there was no talk beforehand. If there was already some hype beforehand, people would already have some little, little hype, but they were already out on Traylon Burks before the season, even before Hopkins even got to the team. So yeah. I'm stoked. I mean, I don't understand how you give up on two of the best prospects of, we've already covered two of the best prospects of last year's rookie class. But yet we just completely forgot about both of them. Yeah. yeah. It's dynasty, man. I, it has to be the main culprit here. And I, for anyone out there that listens to this podcast throughout the off season, A, we appreciate it. B, we like mention these guys over and over again, because we don't want people to forget that like, just because they didn't have a wide receiver one year or running back one year, a tight end one year, doesn't mean they're not ever going to do anything. Like that's just not how it works. So I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a kind of a combination a of just dynasty brain and just, you know, I'll, I'll call it what it is. Barry's bitches, man. They start reading his articles at the end of the year. They look back at his stats and they're like, oh, Traylon Burks didn't do shit last year. He really started to come on once he looked healthy. And, you know, I think he just gets forgotten. So just want to point him out. Sorry well, and for one Barry's more... bitches comment, though. I saw yeah, Jesus Christ. No, not me. <laughs> uh, whatever. Uh just one more thing. The Titans are actually trying to win this year. We didn't. We did not know that going into the season. We thought maybe it'll be a Will Levis, Malik Willis again. Try to like. Nope, they're going all in. They trade. They got Hopkins in there, and they're gonna have Tannehill as the starting quarterback. So they're actually gonna try to be good. So that is a very positive sign, especially for Traylon Burks, because that doesn't mean they're gonna throw out Willis, who couldn't complete a pass really last season. So it's good to see that they're actually going to be trying to win with a good a quarterback that's serviceable at least. Also Hopkins really thinks they're contenders. He literally is like, everybody keeps writing me, writing us off already. And I'm just like, they're kind Hard of right. To. It's like, yeah, let's calm <laughs> down. Two years ago Hard, we were talking about it. To. All right. Uh, and on to the next one. I love it. I great, great pick Joe. Um, I liked some of the things you talked about today. Um, anyway, getting into my wide receiver, uh it's mr elijah moore uh i've been i actually just realized as i was writing this earlier i was like i've been targeting him everywhere in dynasty and in mock drafts and in redraft like i'm, I'm trying to get him everywhere right now and it's some of us loads of loads of potential i mean it's elijah moore i mean all we, we saw what he did on the jets and yes we saw a little bit of a breakout in the beginning part of his career um i'm not on that so you can't see that if you're watching on youtube but uh, in his, his rookie year, he had a nice stretch of games and this was with Zach Wilson. Like, so this just, he's now on the Browns and I understand that they look like doo-doo last year. And yeah, that's a poop joke about the Browns I had to do it. Uh, <laughs> more showed that he can do this. Um, I don't know. And paired with an aging Amari Cooper, a strong armed quarterback, Elijah Moore could easily be one of the breakouts at wide receiver all around. Um, he's still only 23 years old and swapping Zach Wilson for Deshaun Watson all around. I'm just saying we saw people's Jones go for eight fifty on 61 catches last year. And this is no offense to DPJ, but Elijah Moore has more bursts and just overall talent all around. Uh, I guess it really sounds like a stab at DPJ. I'm sorry, man, if you're listening, <laughs> uh, but he's still currently on the team. And I understand that, uh, there's a chance that Elijah Moore is the third, or I think it's more of a, they're both twos. And I think Moore is going to take over that number two. And he's never going to see a number one corner because Mark Cooper is going to take it. And maybe even people's Jones. Uh, I don't know. There's just plenty of targets to go around. And it's the fancy pass at the offense anyway. And Watson had a full off season with the team. 
in training to kind of cool off from that mediocre return last year. I just think you're drafting Elijah Moore with confidence in the eighth or potentially even later and end up with a potential solid wide receiver too for, I don't know, essentially nothing. I don't know your third or fourth wide receiver off the board at that point. Yeah. I think, I think Elijah Moore, people are starting to warm up to him. I've been seeing some trends. Yeah. He is getting a little bit of, he's getting a little bit of love out there, but you know, like word out of camp. I mean, Watson just targeting the piss out of Elijah Moore. This is a guy that I'm really pissed off that he had that initial breakout because if he hadn't had that initial breakout and then made this move, you could get him for nothing. But in dynasty, people are really, he had that breakout. They might not be aware of what he's going to do on the Browns, but they don't want to trade him. And it's just a really frustrating place to be, but no, I love Elijah Moore this year. Well, I mean, the one game stretch, the one fact that we all need to is they traded for him. It's not like they signed him to see what they got. They they actually gave up draft capital to go get him. So, in though you know the Browns don't have a ton of draft capital, as we all know, they traded their entire you know future to the Houston Texans. So to trade some of what they could have to get Elijah Moore on their roster makes me think they either are really you know excited for him. Or they thought they needed a better wide receiver too than DPJ. Again, if he's listening, I'm sorry. It appears as if they wanted to u- utilize Elijah Moore as the wide receiver too there behind Amari. And I could definitely see with Deshaun Watson, Elijah Moore popping off this season. Yeah, I just feel like Amari is obviously still great. He did great last year, but eventually the future is at this point Elijah Moore. So. And Sean Watson's there for what another four years at, at this point on that contract. So they yeah, could, they really have something special that they could build here. And that's, I think that's what excites me the most about Elijah Moore. Yeah, I wish I had some more, more, man. But I know I actually been trying to get him from Jeff in uh, our main dynasty league. And I, me too. He's, he's probably so pissed. Right <laughs> oh, now. he knows. He knows now. He definitely knows <laughs> on the, uh, so sidebar here. Um, what do we think about DPJ this year? And is he a guy in Dynasty who should be acquiring for where he goes next year? I think so. That part, I, yes. I think he's worth acquiring just because you wouldn't have to pay much for him. I don't even know where he's going in, re, in like redraft at the moment. One forty. It's pretty late. It's behind Elijah Moore. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Elijah Moore was in like the a hundred hundred range, and then he's at one forty three. So yeah, I mean that's just. I, I mean, I but still I like draft him as a player. I'm just saying, okay, so, okay, let's actually, let's, let's boost up people's jokes because I felt like I shit on them during that thing. Uh, but another, another Browns joke. joke. Another <laughs> Browns joke. I had to do it. Uh, anyway, but like, he's going at 160. What if we're, what if everything I said about people's Jones was completely wrong and I got a, a wide receiver too, because that's what he was his last year, or at least close to maybe fringe wide receiver two flex play at, my fifth, sixth wide receiver. Like, I mean, he's still worth drafting. I have no problems with it. I could be wrong about Elijah Moore. I don't think I am, but I have been wrong before. We've made a lot of fireball bets. You've seen those pods. I had to drink a lot, Um, but I'm excited about the Browns. I think with Deshaun Watson uh, being there for a full year now, having the off season uh, away from the news and the cameras about his shit that he did or didn't do potentially allegedly. um, I just, I, I think that this, if he's going to ever do it, it's right now. And he's got the team for it. He's got Nick Chubb still. He's got three wide receivers that are pretty great. He's got a tight end out there that Kyle just fucking loves, man, and Joku. So, 
My my main concern for them is that I don't know what kind of offense they're going to run. Stefanski is a run first head coach, a red first a run first offensive coordinator, and that makes you think it's going to be a Nick Chubb show with the passing happening as it can um, with the RPO, you know. But at the same time, this team's built to be a really good passing team, so it's hard for me to imagine that they don't try to utilize the pass in a NFL that is surrounded by people that need to pass. So I don't know what the philosophy is going to be. We're not going to find that out probably until like week one or two. And we're going to be like, okay, they're definitely going to be a running team or they're definitely going to be a passing team. Well, Nick Chubb's but... getting hundred yards every game. We already know that. I mean, it, it, you can still go out there and throw for 250 and have a wide receiver go get a hundred yards or even 80 yards in a touchdown. It's, I'm fine it's with still that. hard to do though. We don't typically see it. And if he's only getting to 250, that is a smidge concerning for three wide receivers, because that does not mean – that means one wide receiver didn't show up for the most part. I don't know. The Eagles did it just fine, and Jalen Hurts only threw for about 4,000 yards. So, I mean, that's about on average for what that was. Was Miles Sanders running for 100 yards every game, or did I – Most of them, yeah. Yeah. Did you not see Miles Sanders last season? I did not every game, remember. but the games they actually decided to give him the ball to run. Some, uh, the thing, the difference between the Eagles and, the, and that would be – is there were games where the Eagles just decided to pass that day. Well, like, and they so, had yeah, a was like, quarterback that was running most of the time too. So that's also I, true. I don't know if that's a you know one to one comparison, but I get your spirit. I am shocked, real quick. I love Jerome Ford, and I know the team loves Jerome Ford. I am shocked that they have not brought in somebody else yet. John Kelly is their only other guy. Like this team has Super Bowl ambitions, and they're Demetri Dem, what Demetri Felton is still there. <laughs> yeah. I mean. It's a, yeah. it is yeah, kind of weird that they haven't somebody else. I know in. all the dynasty guys are getting real excited about those guys too, and I'm just like, calm down. It's just gonna be Nick Chubb basically, and then when Nick Chubb needs a breather for one play and go get a drink of water, then they'll put him back right back in. So I do like Jerome well, Ford. A, I mean, I think he's gonna get some play this year at least. But it's about damn a, time for uh, Chubb because I was so pissed every year when Nick Chubb would run to the 20 yard line and then Kareem Hunt would trot onto the field. It's like what? What? <laughs> How does this make any sense? And nah, Nick Chubb's we're not going to have that now. One. We're not going to have that now. It's going to be the Nick Chubb show, finally. Like, finally, they are going to use him. No contract disputes. No backup running back. The Cleveland Browns. Oh, it's fucking Nick Chubb season this year, I guys. think we're going to have to reorder our rankings based on contract disputes now. Yeah, running backs yeah, all just slipped down <laughs> except for Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb boosts up five yeah. slots. You got Bijan, because... CMC, and Nick Chubb. That's it. Take your pick. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Those are the only three that are in good standing right now. Um, all right, let's move on to the last player we have on the list, and that is Nico Collins of the Houston Texans. Um, last year, the Houston Texans were kind of a shit show. I think we can all agree. Uh, they went ahead and got rid of every lead pass catcher on the Houston Texans. Um, I don't know if you all realize that or not, but they got rid of Cooks. They got rid of Jordan Aikens. Uh, and they got rid of Chris Moore, who was weird at the end of the season, had that kind of weird run. And that left Nico Collins as the only – the elder statesman on the Texans. He's been there the longest as the wide receivers go. Now, on one hand, they brought in Robert Woods from Tennessee. Don't really know what to expect there because he didn't look great in Tennessee. Not sure he's going to look great for Houston either. And then John Mechie's back because, you know, he beat his leukemia diagnosis and he's back out there. And we're happy to see that because, you know, we want to see what Mechie can do because he was really good in college, and I hope that he can come back and play 
Other than that, though, they got Nico Collins. He's been there the longest. He's going as wide receiver 52 right now, 120 overall. I think he should be the he should at least get a chance to be the number one wide receiver for the Texans to at least see what he can do. He's definitely the tallest one they have on the roster. Um, they also have Tank Dell, who's going to be trying to fight for a spot on the field. I think he'll get there, but he's 5'8". So not exactly the the tall man like Nico Collins is. They also brought in Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys to be a tall uh, pass catcher. But I think Nico Collins is the guy that we need to be after here. I think he's been sitting on the Texans, stewing for two years, kind of learning you know, the NFL, and then now is the year that he's going to break out. Now, am I expecting him to be a wide receiver too? Not necessarily. I think he's going to be a fantastic flex, flex play every week and a guy that you can, you know, on a bye week can throw in there. He will be a good flex position player, but I don't think he should be going number 120 overall. I think you could probably get him in the 10th round and you're going to be, I don't know, I think you're going to feel good about that, if I could be honest. I, I actually disagree with that last bit. I, I think he's actually going to be startable. I don't think you're starting in week one, but I think you're starting in week by week five. Like you're going to be confident in this where it all comes down to what CJ Stroud does and how honestly John Mechie was a beast. I was actually, you know, I, I believe I'm, I'm with you on this because I actually chose Nico Collins originally and was going to do him uh, before you bought him from me. $20. Um, and then I was like debating between him and John Mechie because like, I'm also super hyped about John Mechie, but like, you're right. He's the guy who's been on the team. He knows the team. I understand CJ Stroud's new. I understand this team. There's been a lot of turnover in general, but not not Nico Collins. And John Mechie's obviously a flashy guy coming in out of Alabama, uh, obviously a year later than he should have been. But Nico Collins has already done it. Uh, we've already seen flashes of what he can be. And with a consistent uh, consistent target stream from a, a quarterback who can throw a ball. I mean, no offense to Davis Mills. He actually played pretty valiantly, but it was it was more game manager than anything. He didn't target one guy. He didn't have a favorite. He didn't have a chance to have a favorite. He was out there fighting for his life every game. So super stoked about Nico Collins. And honestly, even John Mechie as a late random dart throw. Just to yeah, see what it's going to be really there. interesting to see how this team plays out. Um, one of my favorite follows on Twitter outside of the IDP army and both of you and offensive points is 32 beat writers. Um, they write about camp all the time. The Texans, I mean, you got Xavier Hutchinson looking really good at times. Word is Robert Woods really isn't looking that great. Nico Collins looks good sometimes. No one's really separating themselves right now. We know going into season that someone will. And Mechie and Collins are what my money's on, but I like both of them. Nico's his size alone, he should get 10 touchdowns. No, no joke. And I, we haven't really gotten to see him with a good quarterback yet. Like that's the other thing is because it's been Davis Mills for the last two years. That's been Nico's Collins two years in the league. So he hasn't really gotten to show anything. He also had to, you know, he was behind Brandon Cooks in the pecking order. I just think this will be the year that he can finally like prove himself. And I think that that's good. They also like this wide receiver core low key, kind of one of my favorites in the league, at least the names. Because Tank Dell is my uh, a favorite of mine, Xavier Hutchinson's a favorite of mine, rookie wise, and then I mean Noah Brown always showed up for the Cowboys. He wasn't necessarily ever startable, but I, I kind of liked him for the Cowboys. I do like this receiving core for the Texans for what they built out of essentially nothing. I mean they they lost yeah, their exactly. number one and kept mm-hmm. their number two, who they didn't use, and then got John Mechie back, and then drafted a, a couple new ones. Like I mean, this receiving core has a chance to be really good. I mean, especially in the future. And honestly, yeah, we don't know what CJ Stroud is yet. 
I know a yeah, lot of people are like, sure, CJ Stroud's bad. He could be fucking great for all we know. I'm not going to put him as a breakout because I have no fucking who, clue either. Nobody is saying he's bad. Who said that? I mean, there's a reason he slipped to the third overall. I'm not saying bad, but like is going to be bad this year type thing. We don't know what he's going to be. He could be great. He could be bad. There has he, been a lot of shit talked on CJ Stroud. I was going to say, CJ Stroud got yeah. a lot of shade during the NFL draft and, you know, not, and since then. I mean, there's a reason he's going in the, the second round in Dynasty drafts. Yeah, I mean, I don't think fantasy-wise he'll be startable this season, but, I mean, I like to at least see some positive signs. And I think Why isn't Nico there a Collins, chance, though? For him Why to be – I mean, he has plenty of chances. I like every part. I mean, even with Damian Pierce there, like, I like that. I like Devin Singletary being behind him. This Texans offense has a good chance to be good right away. They have a defensive-minded head coach, really but, but I know. I think everybody's just like, oh, the AFC South, it's a bunch of trash. Kind of, kind of excited for it. I think this is going to be a fight. I mean, they're not going to be twelve and four or whatever, but they'll be all right. It's going to be a scrappy division for sure. Because I mean, you got two rookie quarterbacks, raw rookie quarterbacks coming in. You got Trevor Lawrence, who's on the come up, and then uh, Tannehill. But you got Hopkins and Traylon Burks and Henry. I mean, it's they don't even need a quarterback. The three of them could do it all. Have Traylon Burks go back there and throw the ball. We'll see what happens. Yeah. By the way, Robert Woods, I would not be shocked if he maybe doesn't make the roster on day Is he one. still on the Texans? Yeah, I mean, he's he's there. I just I wouldn't be surprised if he's a cut candidate because – Everything I Tank, read is he's just dropping shit left and right. So. Tank Dell is getting boosted up heavily by the beat reporters. Well, he's, too, probably so. also, he's probably also working harder, to be fair. Robert Woods probably like my namesake alone. Got Super yeah, we'll get him there. But, I mean, I'm telling you, Tank Dell, I know we're kind of getting way off track here, but, like, Tank Dell, he is super short. I get it. Not trying to, you know, I know that's going to be Are a – Are the Wandale Robinson thing again? But he – well, no, because no, he's a better wide receiver than Wandale Robinson. Like, he can separate really, really well. He is a surgical route runner, and he is going to be disrespected because of how short he is. He shouldn't be. He, he can be really good in this league. I'm excited to see – um, him out there because I, I just think everybody's kind of shading him. He led we the just, co- he led college in touchdowns last season. That's nuts and receiving yards too. But we we just nuts. like him because he's his name's Tank and Bigsby. Well, it's that's pretty true great because Nathaniel Dell is a lot less threatening than Tank Dell. Oh, it's Tank Dell. Sorry, right? There's two tanks. I got to really get it together. No, I, yeah, but like his real yeah, his real name's Nathaniel, but Tank is a much better name. It's way better. It is. All right. All right. And welcome to the Houston Texans preview. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Just excited for football to be back. Football. Yeah. Football, football. The preseason for the Texans will actually be a fun one to watch because all these dudes are new. Like, you won't see Robert Woods or Dalton Schultz, but everybody else is going to be out there, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Ready for the draft this weekend, boys. Yeah, Finally me too. time. Me too. Um, yeah, we're doing our home league draft this weekend. Um, we've said it 20 times on the podcast. Doing it super, excited. yeah, I know. I was kind of doing a preview for the folks, but Josh doesn't want to talk about it. So, all right, we won't. I want to talk about it, Joe. Get us out of here. Good night. Good night. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.